I'm John Paul Murphy. And I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. On this episode, we'll be discussing Westworld Season 2, Episode 7, titled Les Ecorches, which means the skinned in French. Yeah. So what what is that about? What's that getting into here? Uh, it's kind of like a body's world, meaning uh, basically in all those like diagrams or paintings or modeling when you see like the skin removed and you're just seeing the, the, the muscles and the skeleton of a model of a human body. That's kind of uh, where the term comes from. It's sort of how the hosts and the humans underneath are different from the outside. You can't tell. Correct. Uh, before we get in to dive into what happens in this episode, uh, I just want to recommend everyone that likes the show and watches the show to go on iTunes and uh, rate and comment and promote yeah. whenever you can. Uh, it's hop on Apple Podcasts, hop on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm back, actually. <laughs> so. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> John my... was in Raj World for the weekend. Uh, yeah, actually, I was hanging out with all the other uh, Skarsgård children, uh, like yeah. Carl Strand himself. <laughs> Yeah, John was at uh, Napoleon World. Yeah, uh, in, in French week. and S- Swedish World. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of fun in Stockholm. Stockholm's great, um, but not not to get too much into that. Last week, a lot happened. Um, this week, also a lot happened, but it was, I think, more. Uh, this is when we started getting more like answering than setup. Yeah, this was a lot of reveals yeah this was very reveals based right it was very completion there's been a lot of plays that were made now we get the touchdowns and now we're setting up for the next kickoff right <laughs> yeah if you want to jump into <laughs> football analogies yeah. here yeah you know me big sports yeah, guy you're a huge sports guy so i totally understand that um but yeah it was i i felt like as the first probably six episodes were a lot of setup this is i think the now starting in episode seven here going to the probably the finale it's going to be a lot of payoffs here hopefully (laughs) well so that's an interesting way to look at this because what i was thinking going into this and still coming out of it is that we're getting two things here we're wrapping up where a lot of this season has been heading so that we can close up the smaller story arcs and then we are pointing the show in the direction of the big story arc endings we're sort of setting up for the penultimate and the finale of the season yeah and 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 possibly also setting up for season three yeah certainly uh and so the, i guess the big question is is what big things will be answered by the end of the season and also what will be kind of pushed off until the next where will next season be yeah that is very true i it's very hard to guess or hard to imagine if this show will be still within the park of westworld <laughs> Mm-hmm. By the end, if we'll even ever see the other parks, maybe they won't be relevant no. at that point. Maybe they were already doomed to begin with. Who knows? But yeah, um, let's let's dive into this episode of payoffs, um, and we begin actually with uh, Carl Strand basically takes Bernard and Ashley Stubbs, uh, binds them, leads them out of the uh, the the Mesa area, and they takes him to Ford's secret lab. With another secret within it, of course. Correct. Right? And they discover a hidden door. Uh, basically, uh, the reason why they find this lab, or they, they find the lab and then they discover Teresa's DNA and the blood on the wall. Yes. So they're like, oh, she died here. Um, and then so they drag her, drag both of those guys over to the, basically saying like either one of them has a secret to tell or is not telling the whole truth. Obviously, it's Bernard. Um, 
Though I am picking up on your theory from last week that I listened to, which was you, you might think that Ashley is also a host. Yeah. And I was watching actually this episode a lot with that theory in mind. And it seemed to me like it's there. Like definitely they're dangling some <laughs> thing there so that they do go down that route. It's like, okay, they've like laid some sort of groundwork. But then also I could see it just be like not like also not happening. You know, I've actually this episode maybe dialed back from it a little bit. And the only reason I feel that way on this episode was I believe they're setting up for him to have a lot of sympathy for Bernard and to possibly need Bernard to save himself. And so he may be willing to see Bernard as more than just a tool and a robot. He might actually be Bernard's salvation and vice versa. And so he, as a human, would be a really interesting character to see himself, you know, put himself at risk to help and save Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Now knowing. That would be that would be a fun play. But otherwise, it, it's got to be one of two things. They clearly have an important role for him because otherwise he would have just disappeared yeah because otherwise he's a kind of a terrible head of security for for qa (laughs) well i mean wasn't like Teresa technically head of security and he sort of got a promotion when she died yeah i mean they're all terrible like at their jobs (laughs) but (laughs) like how long did he really have the title that he had but he seems to just not know much or like correct he 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 looks he looks the part but as far as actual, like, regard as to his job, he's not very good at it or has not been very good at it. So, you know, there's, um, there was something that happened in the end of the first season, and it was after Teresa dies. Stubbs comes to Bernard. So at this point, Teresa's dead now. They found her, and also Elsie had been missing, but she was, you know, away on vacation. They didn't know she was actually missing. And he comes up to Bernard and he's like, hey, listen. Like, I hope you're doing well. Like, you know, it's none of my business, but, I, you know, I knew about you guys. And Bernard's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because yeah. Ford wiped it from his memory. And he gives him this look like, oh, did you kill her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess Which the one thing, why he goes out that to good, investigate. That was good at was, like, peeping on his, uh, the, the people that worked, you know, in the park, too. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's curious to me to see how all of this plays out. This Strand guy sucks. I... Okay, so I after going to Sweden and then coming back, um, I was I picked up on his he's Swedish, so that actor is Swedish. He's actually oh, okay. related to um, he's the son of Stellan Skarsgård, and yeah, his brothers figured, with which is why you were bringing that up. Yeah, he's he's brothers with all the other Skarsgård children. Um, sure, but it, it's so obvious now to listen to his accent, his like American accent. <laughs> So he just has that. I mean, as the as an actor, he's fine. Yeah, it's more of just I, I hate. I just hate the character only because he's putting my favorite characters in, in mortal danger. Oh, so you don't you don't like him from like an invested in the show thing? Yeah, I, just, I don't. I was want more commenting him anywhere near Bernard. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, Same with Hale. Like, leave him alone. I see. Well, we'll get into the uh, the that Hale stuff later. I think, but um, essentially, they'll they discover all the Bernards in the. In bags, basically, were they? I guess the first versions of him. Why do you think Ford left those there? Wouldn't you have thought Ford wouldn't want anyone to discover his secret? Did he not want anyone leaving that lab? Any like he didn't know how to dispose of them without anyone knowing. You don't believe that Ford couldn't disassemble and destroy those without anyone knowing? Come on. <sighs> well, what's your theory them. then? What? What? what do, he could have just think? burned them. He must have wanted people to find out. I mean, think about it this way. 
Ford in this moment must be within Bernard right now. Um, I don't think so. But actually, oh. wait, actually, wait, wait, wait. Because we're now in the two week, I guess. We're, we're in the far timeline, I guess. So yeah. I think someone is in his head, but I don't know if it's Ford yet. What, you think it's Teddy? Uh, I don't know. Whatever the blogs say. <laughs> Could be yeah, everybody. I mean, people think it's Teddy. People think it's Ford. Ford is in his head. I mean, we're going to see that later in the episode, but I would assume he's still with him right now. He hasn't gotten him to safety, and I, mean, I guess we'll talk about it when we get yeah, there. But, uh, but yeah, but I was shocked. I was shocked that those bodies were still there. It's like so. Uh, he's so meticulous, and the idea that he would leave these around to be found by accident is silly. Yeah. So he must not have minded if people found out. He must have had a contingency for that. Or by by the time they did find out, it wouldn't have mattered. Sure. That's yeah, why that's I think the, like that's the alternative. That's why I think the the version we're seeing maybe of Bernard in that in this timeline, like a copy, things have already happened, and that it doesn't really matter now whether yeah. people know if he's a host or. That's fair. You know, so that's that's kind of maybe where my mindset is at. Um, anything else with this opening before the I guess the credits pop up? No, I mean, so I'll say this was the first of a handful of cheesy lines. You know, my, my girlfriend, Therese, I watched this with, she had a lot of problems with some of the dialogue. And the reveal on him with Hale was very cheesy, where she just kind of looks at him as like, oh, I figured he had skeletons, Bernard. I just didn't think they would be yours. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Tessa Thompson's a good actress? Oh, I think she's a great actress. I think the character that they have for her has been somewhat mishandled, and not because... um she's done a poor job with it but i think they've given her some cheesy lines yeah i think that's part of the problem is she's supposed to be this very smart calculated and also imposing actress and the action sequences sometimes this season have been poor and the big moments like that should have been such a big moment it i felt was handled a little bit poorly and i mean this is not something we ever say often about the show right like i didn't have a huge problem with it my girlfriend definitely had a bigger problem with the dialogue but then once she pointed out i really did think about it and it is um it does take away a bit from the moment like you would think maybe they'd be a little bit more surprised i think it's kind of interesting because my girlfriend made a same comment watching going through season one and season two that about like she thinks that her acting is terrible (laughs) I see. No, I I wouldn't say that at all. I don't think she's a terrible actress. I think I, it's I don't think the she, material she's a terrible actress. I just think that in this role, it's the material she's given. She's yeah. not a doing doing a great job, like working with it. But mm, but it also, I think it depends it, on the episode. Like the episode, so whoever wrote this episode did it. Yeah, I believe it was different than the the writers of, for instance, the season premiere. And I thought the stuff with her and Bernard in that first secret lab was good. I thought she was great there. Yeah, I mean, like, like some stuff she's fine in. I think it's, it's, but then other other times it's like not good. But then also makes me think about it. Made me wonder, like, what have I watched her in that I thought like she's great in? And like, you want you think Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, okay, like she's she's fine in that. She's oh, like, I thought she was great in that. Eh, she's okay. And so, right. like, well, I I'm, mean, there's we don't need to be here shitting on the actors. I don't. The show, I just so. I'm, it just is a <laughs> continuing through line that keeps popping up for me. So. And you just brought it up right now, so that's why I was like, and regarding her her ability with the lines and stuff, I don't know. It just seems yeah. Weird. I don't think anyone could deliver that line well. I think it was a really poorly written line. Uh, I don't know. I think that I think no, that's it's so cheesy. It's a very cheesy line, and I'm able to look past it. But there's also no good way to deliver it. 
it's not well written dialogue. Okay, I think it, it was okay. whatever. It's like a quiet scene. It's all done like in facial reactions. No one says anything, and then she looks at him, and oh, she says, "So this brought up a theory uh-huh. that I've kind of been thinking about a little bit in regards to all these scenes in the two week sort of period in and the that, future." Yeah, in that they may not all be real. In what, that, that they're in the cradle? Well, like, or there's some some version of it, some simulation of it, that, like, they're, it's it's for Bernard, in that, like, all these characters are coming in, to, like, they're trying to get something from Bernard, and they've created some sort of simulation to try to, like, extract something from him. Yeah, here's what I'll say about that is, I believe that's possible, but something I said in the episode of Omar last week and after rewatching season one is I think a lot of those kinds of thoughts that we have are probably overthinking. I think the producers of the show, the head writers, have done a really good job of really trying not to trick us. They're really actually giving us all the information we need and making it all very obvious to us what is and isn't real. For instance, like the cradle. They've purposely made sure... Everything that happened in the cradle was shot in the ultra widescreen. So there's no question as to whether or not you're watching a simulation or something that's happening in reality. That's true. So it feels like it would be. It would be a change in the show. Yeah, and it'd be a, just a little bit underhanded. I mean, they also said that them. basically Ford would not be making a return. So. Well, did. I mean, there's, there's one thing about talking b- about things in between shows and outside of the series, and there's another between the actual visual language of the show that you're watching. Anything that producers tell you outside of a movie or a TV show, you should just disregard. There's no reason you should believe any of it. But I know. But I don't expect them to lie within the means of the storytelling mechanics that they have, because that would be a strange thing for them to do. Because it's all been like Occam's Razor. Like, everything that's happened has been very sort of upfront, right? Not necessarily. Uh, I can't give you a specific example right now, but of why of the opposite of that but i just feel like this whole bernard waking up on the beach till now kind of thing with carl strand and mm-hmm. everything's just kind of felt a little bit odd and when you bring up stuff like the 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 dialogue's a little bit weird things are like pointing and like kind of really f- almost too focused around bernard and trying to figure out like what happened um yeah but then why are we seeing scenes where he's not in them like, why are we watching what's happening to other characters during those sequences? Uh, which ones? So we're watching everything play out in the cradle, right, during this episode. We're watching the assault on the cradle, and we're wondering where Bernard is during that. Well, okay, so there's all the stuff where he's in the cradle. Yeah. And stuff. I'm talking specifically about the stuff that's with Carl Strand. Yeah, no, so am I. The cradle is in the Mesa. So while he's at the cradle in the Mesa, we're also seeing what's taking place at the Mesa during the assault. No, no, but Carl Strand isn't there during the assault. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm talking about Coughlin. everything like two weeks. Coughlin. Yeah, yeah, Coughlin. Yeah. Okay, like we'll get to yeah that stuff. I'm I'm talking everything that's Carl Strand. Okay. Timeline. Like we'll call it the Carl Strand timeline. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like everything like that is because it's all Bernard is in every scene. Okay. With Carl, like when, that involves Carl Strand. That's fair. So that's where I think it's like there's something about this sequence of events since the beginning of the sequence is a little bit off. And there's also like weird, almost um, mistakes made in the in the actual like um, production of the show. That's like I don't know if HBO would make those mistakes, such as uh, there's a scar on his head on Bernard's head that keeps like sometimes pops up and doesn't pop up. 
there's like dust on like a tablet. Okay, so the scar thing, I've so I'll t- I've seen people talk yeah. about the scar thing. I think that's like a lighting and makeup thing, and I understand that you're saying that's a inconsistency, but that's been shown to happen in the same scenes where it's like between okay. different cuts. So that's sort of you have to disregard things like that sometimes, especially if it's lighting. You know, like how big of a deal is that scar? Because if it's just a flesh wound. No, but it, like if you, if you, <laughs> if you I don't know, maybe just plays in the idea of like with, you know, even if it's not necessarily the cradle, but something like the cradle and that like the cradle was made to project and do over uh, storylines and loops and these things over and over again to like find and figure out and you can play out certain scenarios. So it's like, wouldn't it make sense that in some loops of this storyline of them basically interrogating him, like he would have a scar and sometimes he wouldn't and things would be a little bit different every time. And it's like his memory is kind of like floating back in between, you know, these different, he doesn't, what he doesn't realize is timelines, but you know. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's definitely possible. That's definitely possible. But then, and and to make it so it's not let's say like the cradle because it's an older it's been around for a long time the cradle has hence the technology mm-hmm. why it's in widescreen it's shot differently when you're in there versus like a new version of the cradle would be normal <laughs> yeah i i guess anyways we're get, we're getting too much into this so um the answers will all come to us when ghost nation delivers them so we'll we'll see when it happens <laughs> yeah Chetta will come um, for that so basically Bernard gets tortured, and um, we go back now to the cradle, the cradle. Uh, in the Mesa. Do you think it's a coincidence that Coughlin is Scottish, and a lot of the team is Scottish that he's with, that it's like also James Delos is Scottish? Yeah, Delos probably has connections. But I don't know. It just yeah. kind of felt like a weird casting for... Yeah. It's like, well, why have, uh, suddenly all these Scottish people are showing up on the show. Yeah, I... He was one of those characters when he was brought on. I was like, oh, great, cool. You were totally brought on to die. That's what you were brought He's, in um, for. What's his face in, in Lost? Uh, the Like the military dude that shoots. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. Kimi. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, this is out of, totally out of J.J. Abrams' playbook here. Let's bring him. Yeah, give him like an episode or two. Have him do like one like thing that seems competent so that when he gets taken out, it feels... A little bit more yeah. badass. And did you think his number two guy, you know, the guy that was like uh, with a weird shotgun gun, he reminded me of yeah, uh, again, Eddie so in Game of Thrones. More, more poor dialogue and cheesy. Yeah, that, okay, that was I think characters. The, the, that whole stuff, like the the just everything, everything with him, him, and then the whole Angela and him in the in the cradle was I think the worst part of the, yeah. the episode. Also, like the the assault on the hosts, like they were getting completely outclassed. This is what the world's best military can afford. Like this is the best you can buy with money. Yeah, there's it's so weird. Remember these guys showed up and were like, "You scrubs," and then they just get wiped out. Yeah, you think they have this technology, and they kind of do. They have like the weird sensor thing. Yeah, but none of them are wearing helmets no, or or any type of. <laughs> and his gun again, not to get into like weird technicality, but like. What was his like weapon? Like a weird pump action shotgun? <laughs> uh yeah, it looks like an assault shotgun, like an assault. Yeah, rifle but shotgun. he's going up against everyone else has like <laughs> like automatic weapons. <laughs> well, so I think actually it it is a double barrel. It looks like it might be an assault rifle that has a shotgun barrel on the yeah. bottom. Similar to how the man in black had that handgun that had like the it took almost like a shotgun shell as well on the bottom. It had like the secondary yeah. 
It's just when he Darryl. shoots Clementine with it, it's like it has just like a pistol like hole. Yeah. So like Clementine, speaking of which, she shows up in, and we didn't talk about it, but like you know, there's the whole Bernard Ford cradle scene. Anytime she shows up, I feel more empathy for her character than anyone else's. She's one of the most interesting characters in the show, even though she has the smallest moments yeah. all the time. Yeah. No. Yeah. She showed up in the in the cradle scene. Uh, basically, does her little shtick on Bernard when he's talking to uh, um, Ford. Ford. You know. Yeah. In the thing. Um. Which was a big reveal, by the way. The reveal is, and this was a theory that I had in the primer, the the episode we did prior to this season, where I suggested that the goal was not just to possibly like live forever, but to actually replace that Delos was replacing people in the outside world. And Ford just confirmed that, that we're basically copying people. Yeah, so a couple things. He says a bunch of shit in here. In this scene, um, he basically lays out a lot of the plot line. Um, so he reveals that um, he says something really interesting about James Delos, though. He says Delos would have preferred death to a bad investment, which means that he what he's implying to to Bernard here is that Ford also had m- myself and a lot of other people as a part of this sort of immortality project and not just himself as a backup kind of thing. That's what, yeah. like, he was basically saying, like, like you know, James Dallas didn't just want himself to be created to be immortal. He also, like, had a, he had myself as a part of this because he wanted a sort of a, to uh, have a safe bet in case something happened to me. He could, like, come up with a backup for me as well. Well, and I also thought the more important part of that was that was also how he was literally saying we're copying people because... Delos cared more about his business being successful and just living forever doesn't do that, but copying people and replacing them in the outside world does because then he's able to control the world essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I think I think it's both. I think it's like his company obviously is him, but like if he's not there to be a part, like to be with it and or to be the head of it, then it's like a bad investment and then death, right. death is worth it anyways. It's you know, not exactly. worth going through this whole thing with anyways. Yeah. Um, and do you think also in this this also I think I think plays up the also the theory about William being a copy as well or there's a copy of William somewhere else out there like young William of of William in general like whether it's young old something um yeah entirely possible I mean like I said I I think the man in black is a host yeah you think this this current version of what we're seeing is a host yeah I think he's a host so I mean, he is the um, one that's been in the park the most, so technically he would have had his data, yeah, the most tested because, um, you know, Ford also says it's like the hosts were the control and the guests were the right. variable to test. Well, and you know, they were basically creating, trying to perfect humanity within a program. Let's not forget Ford at the beginning of the season said like the games weren't for you before in season one, but now they are for you. And my guess is that the Man in Black robot came online after the massacre. So he's been a host now, I think, for all of season two. But everything that happened prior to season two, he was still a dude. Yeah. I mean, if you if you think about it, his arm was broken basically at the end of season one. Correct. And then he wakes up and his arm is fine. Correct. It Like, yes, I know. He got shot. People are like, no, no but his shot. other arm got that's shot. Not, correct. I know. That's what I'm saying. So. It's not about him getting shot. It's about the fight he had with Dolores. Yeah. He should have. And also, he gets shot by... Um, by Wyatt's men 
Yeah. They're all out in the field. Yeah, he gets shot. And this yeah. is prior to the massacre happening. He was shot first. And then they all start moving in on him. He's nowhere near all those people. So he manages to run away, doesn't get hit again, get into the massacre, throw himself under another person. Like, the odds of that happening seem very low to me. Yeah, or it's he doesn't even know before, I, or he's already been a host before that. Yeah, that's also possible. I, I don't think he's going to be real, but um, I wouldn't, you know, it could go either way. That's the thing is it's also hard to not look at the show and be like, that person's a host. This person's a host. Yeah. But so, yeah. So, and also says we weren't here or we weren't here to code the guests, that code the host. We were here to decode the guests was the, yeah. was the other line he says, Um, which I kind of just, I think ever since the Riddle of the Sphinx episode, we've kind of, that's the we've all kind of understood this is what the whole plan was. and um, But I guess the big question was, was Ford in on it or did he discover it? And it seems like he, by his first comment there about saying like, oh, Dallas, you know, he would prefer death over a bad investment. I think he's kind of been in on it or at least aware of what the plan was for some time. Um, and it yeah. wasn't like something he like was kept out of the dark in and discovered and then like decided to fuck over everybody. <laughs> a Ford? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's been definitely since like the beginning of the th- the of it, all of it. Yeah, he's sort yeah. of been in on it in a way. He's been and it is like, yeah. and I think, and that's why I think what changed is something else, something else outside of William Ford Delos that is going on is what's kind of maybe changed the stakes of everything. Why Ford decided to basically, uh, <laughs> you know, initiate this plan? Yeah, it's so. probably a confluence of events like perfecting Bernard. Uh, the scanning technology getting far enough along his age it's probably a series and confluence of events also i mean think about it this way it could also be an end game he's had prepared for a long time and he decided to enact it because of the man in black we saw william go to james delos for the final time as the 149th attempt and he said like we're done we're not doing this anymore and so maybe that was the moment where season one begins and Ford goes, oh, great. So time to start yeah. putting my plan into action because this is the end if we don't. Also, I think this whole thing with Charlotte and getting the information out. Right. And That's pushing him thing. out of the company, I think, yeah. is part of it as well. Um, Do you think that Coughlin and his group that came in to, to basically take Abernathy out is actually part of Delos or is it a another company that charlotte is basically betraying delos for no i think that's a part of delos i mean charlotte has a conversation with Teresa, who has the same conversation with lee which was this mean the park means something to the guests it means something different to management and it means something different to the board and i think she represents the board whereas william and ford are management yeah whereas the board didn't actually care i think about some of about maybe necessarily copying people maybe they cared more about living forever because it's like the older money people whereas like management cared more about the experiments that were going and then there was also obviously just the standard park but like there's different powers that be here but i think it's true that ford had all these contingencies in play and they knew that unless they could get this like master encryption key out they'll lose everything because ford's going to take that ability away from them they won't be able to copy their brains. They won't be able to live in the cradle or whatever they want to do. Yeah. I just, like, I'm kind of looking at the overall, like, kind of storylines of the of the season. And if if the whole thing with Carl Strand timeline is not a, 
you know, <laughs> recreation and some sort of cradle-like thing that's actually a real timeline, then it yeah. kind of is weird that they were not called sooner. It seems like there was a delay in being called. And then, like, Charlotte calls these sort of other dudes that don't wear any type of Delos or don't share any type of, like, any type of a uh, symbol, you know, don't wear any type of symbol of Delos. And they kind of parachute in. And it seems like their only goal is to just extract this thing out versus, like, trying to figure out what happened. You know, they have this, like, very specific goal. And then it kind of almost makes sense that later in the Carl Strand timeline, when we see Charlotte and she's like, we, like, where is Peter Abernathy and is trying to, like, get it out of Bernard? She already knows where he went and she's lying. But wait, why would she know that? About what happened to Abernathy? Yeah, because she wasn't in the room. Um, I know, but I'm saying, like, well, we have yet to see that. I'm just saying, like, she may have known what happened has happened to everything. And maybe has already got him out or is like trying to and trying to cover her tracks. Yeah. That's as to what she tried to do. That's possible. Um, because I think I think she was working for someone else, some type of third party. And as far as, you know, corporate espionage and sabotage in this way. And that like Ford maybe caught on to that. And hence why this is like all kind of taking place in that way. And, the, and also why this sort of what, what clearly is like a much more powerful uh like Delos, like f- like attack force that comes in with Carl Strand, like doesn't come in until way later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell. I I do. I look forward to seeing Carl Strand's people just get rocked. I don't know. I think I think right now it's either it's all clean up. It's like everything's already happened, and like if Dolores and Maeve and are still out there with their people or 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 whatever's left that weren't killed in that that flood. Um, that like they're already gone, like they're off somewhere. Yeah. Speaking of Maeve, the next thing that happens is the whole big sequence with Maeve uh, yeah, and the Man in Black. With yes, uh, I was, like as soon as I remember watching this, as soon as they ran that thing, and then it cuts to William riding up on the horse. I'm like, oh shit! Like we're gonna get a a you know sort of a confrontation between this. <laughs> yeah. So this is a confrontation I didn't anticipate seeing as soon as we did, only because of the fact that. The man in black and her, if she is one of the few things that I could have anticipated ending his story and closing his chapter. Yeah. You know, as, as far as a complete sort of character arc would be, because he went to her and killed her to see if he could feel something. And now that the rules have changed and he can feel like for her to end him would have been sort of poetic almost. Yeah, but yeah. I think what we're actually setting up for instead is his daughter will come save her him where like she was trying to save her daughter from him. And then maybe he and her, maybe he'll save Maeve. Maybe he and his daughter will save Maeve's daughter or something. There'll be something there where he's going to have to atone for this. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that his sort of overconfidence in like sort of the game is, you know, gets him into this trouble because basically when he first interacts with Maeve, he's like, he immediately thinks it's Ford. That's like set this up. He's like, oh, not you, not you again. Like, you know, make me go all this way to like confront me with this is like too easy. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's interesting to see him struggle almost a little bit like Lee, because every time there seems to be some level of real cognition from them, as if they're their own people, he thinks it's Ford now. Yeah, he thinks it's like there's some, you know, there's there's code behind it all. Yeah, that's which is this. which is strange because. That goes against what he thought he finally had, which is like a new game, like a real where like they were free. 
So he maybe hasn't bought into 100% that they're free. This might have been the wake-up call. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, uh, I think, in this scene, Maeve is a terrible shot because they're literally standing, I think, at most, like, 10 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> and he only, she only shoots him in the shoulder. <laughs> um, I mean, Man in Black is a much better shot than anyone in that Dallas security team because he's got this just old fashioned six shooter and he's just wiping people out headshots left and right. Yeah. But know, we, we opened the, the, this, this episode with Maeve who has clearly killed a lot of people in Shogun world. Yeah. <laughs> so she knows how to kill. <laughs> well, she also can use her telepathic abilities. Yeah, she can use her abilities, but I just thought it was kind of like, it's one of those things you don't really think about until like, you're like, Oh, like they're that close. How'd you feel about Lawrence going down? I thought it was. I, I thought the whole thing with him being woke, as far as uh, she couldn't use her powers on him, I think it was really cool. But and then it was almost too easy then that she immediately is like, "Oh, like what about you know your family that he's killed?" And he's immediately like, "Oh yeah, now I remember." <laughs> like, well, I thought it was great because you know so far the only concern with this ability with Maeve is that it's going to be too strong. So it was interesting great cool it's not gonna work now she's one of them's gonna have to talk him down or talk him into shooting you know one or the other are gonna happen and it was interesting to see her not use her override and just communicate to him just yeah. be able to convince him and allow him to choose you know the man in black was like oh hey you can't take their choice away but and he felt smug and happy and then suddenly he realizes oh god that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing for me <laughs> Yeah, uh, I loved uh, William's thing here where he's, when he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll just do it myself. And he like crawls over to his gun to yeah. like get it. <laughs> and he gets shot one more time. Um, I obviously don't think he's dead or will die, obviously. It seemed, no, not it seemed yet. too uh, much of a, a strange throwaway to have, for have it to happen. Um, then yeah, She would have killed him or he would have killed him if it, and we would have seen that happen. Yeah. It was, you know? it, yeah. I mean, we last see him, he's kind of like clinging on to life, basically. But there's no such thing as an off screen death. No. Um, then the Ghost Nation comes in and takes Maeve's daughter. Uh, Maeve is shot by some QA guys that come in with Lee. Uh, I thought it was interesting in the last episode, they set up this thing where Lee calls in using the phone he got, and then Lutz sees that and joins the, you know, the fight. And they're kind of interesting. Right. They don't really pay that off right now, but they're probably going to pay that off. I don't really know how because even though Lee does call in and and essentially leads to Maeve getting shot, he's the one that's right. like, no, don't like kill her, save her, let's bring her. Like she's important. So it's like Lee is doing all these things that are like both shitty for Maeve and also good for Maeve. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of interesting things happening there. Something I'm really curious about. And also, I don't know if you noticed, but the Man in Black looked a lot like Peter Abernathy when he was, like, really sweaty and bloody. There was, like, a shot up at him. And I'm like, this is so crazy how much he looks like Peter Abernathy right now. <laughs> uh, it was so weird that they the way they casted some of those characters. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly Lee is going to save her. Here's Where's Sylvester? He was with... I don't know where he is. He was with because he was with Lee. Like Lutz ran off. So where the hell is Sylvester? Uh, Unless... He's just still chilling out in that field. <laughs> well, I mean, no, the only I think thing I, I think can other with... imagine is more than two cars showed up, and Lee was like, "We need to go chase after them." And Sylvester was like, "Fuck that! I'm just gonna leave." So like maybe he and another car left. I think I think he's probably somewhere 
chilling out where that in that cargo bay area, like hiding in where like um maybe. Oh, you know what makes more sense? You know how Lee went with them after Maeve? Maybe yeah. he went with a separate team after Lutz. Yeah, and he probably got out. Yeah. So he's probably with a separate security team going after Lutz, who is with Hector. Yeah, and I think what's really funny with Sylvester is that he's made the conscious choice since season one to keep his mouth shut. And whereas, like, if you look at Lutz or Lee, they've both made choices that could ultimately get end up getting him killed by one other group. So it's like Lutz has kind of made his choice to be with the hosts or to follow kind of the hosts and, like, be with them, which may get him shot by qa guys or like whoever right else and then and then lee on the opposite side has made his choice every now and then and he may get killed by hosts whereas right. like sylvester's like i'm not making a choice <laughs> i'm just going to just stay quiet and just do what i'm told yeah and he might end up always lit. work out because you might end up like the guy on the train in the last episode oh yeah that poor guy you know? yeah i felt really bad about him i was like i hope he can like shoot the locks off and jump out and survive because he's fucked yeah that's yeah, that was that was a like between Teddy and Angela, I was like, oh, these are these are some horrible people going on. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Not great things are happening. Uh, well, I mean, Angela's gone now after the the bomb goes off. So yeah, that's not the worst thing in the world. She wasn't the best, and yeah. that delivery was so poor. Hey, I want to say I really gotta hand it to Ford. I love the fact that he builds the cradle, and the one thing he builds for himself inside the cradle is his old childhood dog. Oh, uh, <laughs> did you? Uh, <laughs> so in that scene, Ford and takes... technically his old best friend. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I just want my dog and my friend. His cool little greyhound dog. Um, so when he takes Ford back to Arnold's home, you know? Yeah. Like I, I wrote down a note. Did did that dog just open the front door? Because, like, it, like, the weird, like, the way that scene is shot, like, the front door opens and the dog is the first one to enter. And, like, Bernard, uh, Bernard and, and uh, Ford are, like, kind of second to come in, but they're kind of, like, behind. So it seems like the dog opens the door. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a weird staging. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I, I mean, let's, Ford's, like, God here. So he's sort of just snapping his fingers and the door I'm sure he has, opening. like, force powers and he can just, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, basically, uh, he's like he's, Thanos. He snapped his fingers in Westworld. Everyone freezes. He I didn't know that was the, the, open. The, the stopping ability. It's just to snap your ability. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, and so I think, I, and it's revealed in this scene as well that uh, Ford has used the cradle basically to create and or perfect Arnold and put him within Bernard. Right, confirming um, what we knew last week when we saw him getting the fidelity test in the cradle. Which explains and, and, how he was able to make him. And in the opening of this uh, season, yeah, it's the same way too. It's like all these sort of wide screenshot sort of scenes between Bernard and, and Dolores. It's like, oh, these were all like trying to figure out his personality. And They're all test too. runs. They're all we did the beta in Sim. We yeah. simmed the beta. I mean, really, if you think about it, the Cradle is just like Sims fifteen. It's a really good version of the Sims. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, cradle gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolores bandsaws the top of her father, <laughs> the head off. Yeah, there was a really <laughs> intense scene with Dolores, Stubbs, Hale. I thought I thought Hale was fine in the scene. 
In fact, I really believed how scared she was by Dolores when oh, Dolores when you, came when you up say to fine, her. I thought you meant like, oh, she's like, you, she was going to be fine. I, I, for a moment, I was like, oh, she is she going to bite the dust? And I was like, wait, but she, she's she there later. Right, because so. she has to be there later. I thought the same thing. And that's my point is, like, I really believe she was not a danger. And it was interesting to see Hale lose that control. Also, the way she decided to interact with Dolores was curious. The way she believed she could assert authority by commending Dolores, being like, oh, you've done a great job, but, you know, playtime's over, honey. Yeah. Just, like, come along with me. We can make this a great thing. We can, like, put an end to all this chaos together. And Dolores is like, oh, I'm sorry. Who do you think you are? She's like, I am better than you. Yeah. You are just like everyone else. Let's not pretend. And, like and she says something interesting there where she's like, uh, you, as in humans, are, are trying to just be like us. Right. That's the whole immortality thing. Is like you're trying to to become us so that you can be immortal. Just I like really us. like that Dolores wears the bandolier. She's got the ammo rack on her. She's kind of like Chewbacca. How she can like it's funny how some of her and her followers will just use the older technology. Yeah, I thought it was funny near the end of the episode. I wrote down, "Let's get to the horses." She says at the end, "I'm like, why? Like you could get into the buggy." you know get yeah. into the, the cars but she continues to just like i'm going to use the the technology of my world that i've grown up in like i, I refuse to use the, the humans and their advanced technology <laughs> i thought that was just like a funny and but in, a kind of interesting character trait in herself like how awesome was the assault scene when you just have zombie clementine holding that machine gun just mowing people down she, clementine is the coolest freakiest looking character on the show yeah i mean she's badass and she looks very interesting and so strange but well i put this this timeline version of her she's like dead looking she looks like a zombie here because she's and also like a white gown yeah. so it's like she's like ghostly very and it's looking. dirty and she's all bloody because they Del- dolores just brought her back after she had already been killed but they didn't really repair her enough. So she's just like ghastly looking, like extra pale. It's weird. Yeah. She's um, got her walking around. She's like the walking dead kind of a character. Yeah. Uh, Teddy punches Coughlin's face in. Yeah, dude. That was awesome. They actually, it looks like they sped up or even possibly cut some of the frames from the punch to yeah, make it look to make robotic. It look faster. Yeah, it was kind of a good effect. I liked that a lot. It was so I was curious, do you think Dolores actually chose to destroy the cradle or was that part of the narrative Ford had her do? See, like, it's weird to think that, like, I want to say yes, but at the same time, the way they went about it was so off because it was like, okay, we don't have a bomb to destroy the cradle, but Angela's going to somehow, like, honeypot the, <laughs> the Eddie looking dude down there and then, like, pull his grenade out. While she's like seducing him to blow it up. Like I was like, it seemed almost like improv. Like it was an improv plan. Yeah. I don't believe that was the original plan. But I don't know. But then at the same time, it feels very planned to begin with. I don't know. It's like weird. To, like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm, 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 I'm on both, both uh, sides here as far as like what. Like I can't really settle on one. That was the worst moment of the whole episode. Yeah. It's like, okay, dude, you just like are mowing down other hosts like fine and then like this one it's like you're gonna get your rocks off <laughs> you th- or you think you will in this moment 
you're like suddenly gonna give in to her like her her little spiel and like let alone get close to her like what i don't know it just felt so like reverse engineered so then during this during this assault on the mesa is when we find out that ford is inside bernard's brain which they made very clear because when he first comes out of the cradle elsie says to him oh it's gone what happened she's like whatever was in there it's like it just vanished and it's like okay so clearly ford's in there with him that means and then <laughs> the yeah, exact in in the map room they their coder goes it's like whatever was there is just out of the system it's like okay we got it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like the also the cool reveal when he's like walking by the pane of glass and he sees him in the reflection. Yeah. yeah. Um, this whole thing with with uh, our, a Ford inside Bernard's head reminds me of Inception with with Maul. Uh, and and yeah. Leo DiCaprio's sort of thing. He's like the sort of uh, violent, torturous ghosts <laughs> that yeah. only he can see. Um, there's, and there's also many other movie tropes like this, but um, I think it's a, it's a cool, interesting way to have Ford come back into the show. And, and it's kind of cool to see Anthony Hopkins hold a machine gun, as we see at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it was curious to me. He says, I want you to be free. I want you to be able to do whatever you want. But before you can do that, I'm going to have to help out first. Yeah, he's like, you can't do it right now. Like, clearly, you don't really have the capability. Or I'm just going to kind of take over right now. <laughs> Which is so, uh, it's so strange because couldn't he have just... While before things were crazy, he was able to hide that whole house and all those hosts. No one knew about them or that lab. Couldn't he have just gone to the valley beyond with Bernard, who thought he was Bernard, didn't know he was a thing, and then done whatever he wanted to do without being caught or anything? Because no one would have been looking for him or thinking anything's happened. Wasn't there a way for him to take care of all these things? I think I think he wasn't ready to go. Yeah, Mm. he had to get it just right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to get into the big question of what do you think the Valley Beyond is? Is it the Valley Beyond the park? Or just whatever the, the Hayden Valley? That's what I mean. It's like, is yeah. it access to the Valley Beyond the park? So in the primer, I said, actually, sorry, this would be post-season one, uh, the pilot. The theory I had once we heard about the door in the first episode was, yeah. oh, I wonder if the whole thing that's so important is nothing actually goes like out of Westworld. So maybe this is a hard line that he built so that you could actually copy something out of Westworld. Maybe Ford's, there's like a lab set up somewhere and the door is how they copy the people. Maybe the data is sent from Westworld through the Valley Beyond to a lab on the mainland where the copies come from. Mm. So the copies might be made there. So maybe they'll make a copy of Bernard on the mainland. Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that the Valley Beyond is almost like an arc of sorts. It's like an arc where they're oh. keeping all of the people that have been ready to be copied and stuff like that. And it's kind like of another like, cradle. Yeah, it's kind of like the cradle in that like they exist in this sort of server and they can live out their lives. But when they're ready to be, um, when the technology is finally caught up and they can actually copy them into real people, into real like host human hybrids. And, you know, what. You know, so when William's like, I'm going to burn it all down, basically, like, no one should live forever. He's like, I'm going to basically destroy all these supposed souls that are inside this, whatever the valley is. And and the same thing with Dolores. And it's like, because, like, theoretically, the valley is probably full of very powerful, important human character figures that have probably been the whole reason for Dolores' existence and pain and all this other stuff. So that's my 
It's kind of my theory on that. Well, okay, so actually taking that idea, John, because that's probably right, because maybe, I mean, on some level, they might be replacing real people, but maybe when they're copying people, what they're doing is just keeping them in a virtual world and simulating them for information and for testing of influence. And if that's the case, then that means there's a backup of everything, as well as likely a younger William, likely... A version of Delos. Um, oh, that's yeah. that's interesting. So that's a really good guess. I hadn't considered that. I think that because it also fits into my like actual real world theory about like how humans like where do we go in evolution? How do we like actually you know go beyond the limitations of our world and like the physics of our bodies in that way? Like because sure. we can't survive space travel long distance like normal like in any realistic way. Like we would die before we reach other planets other stars and like cryo's fine but then you have to deal with like time and relativity and all sorts of like so the idea would be like we'd all program ourselves into a giant server box that just float out into space and just live our lives in like a virtual world well a copy (laughs) of yourself would yeah but you know that like so this may make sense in that sense that maybe to the very powerful people outside of delos uh, james delos himself it's like they're like we can offer you immortality. It's just not here yet. Do you want a timeshare in our you know, valley beyond <laughs> to, you know, wait, you know, because you're probably going to die soon. So you can store your, your, it's like, you know, Ted Williams's head being frozen in that one lab in Phoenix somewhere or like Walt Disney's head in the Disney vault. You know, it's like, Oh, see, so this is where I guess I would swap with you on this is I don't think anyone that's in there other than maybe the people at Delos like James Delos or William or Ford or whoever, I would assume that none of them even know they were brought in there. I think there's a and lot that, of people that also that don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, like, there's I probably see. a lot of guessing, but then there's probably some very important people that have, like, knowingly I have chosen yeah. to, like, be, go there. And, like, it's almost pitched to them, almost like at the Illuminati Club kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> there is also, I mean, I, yeah, there's a lot of ways to go with it. It's going to be interesting to see. All right, um, let's kind of wrap this up as far as like anything more we want to I get mean, to the only other thing that happens is the end we go back to the interrogation that they're giving bernard which is pretty screwed up and there's like a weird scene where he suddenly says where's peter abernathy and he gives an answer but we don't actually see him give the answer and she said it's in you know no like, no, no so he he does but there was like we a, don't hear a it. whispering right yeah we don't hear it because we're seeing and it from then, the other side of the glass and then she's like oh can you retell it and that's why i'm saying like it's almost like she's trying to play some weird game. Yeah, it felt like she fed him something to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's what it I'm saying. Almost, it's, like... it's almost like she said, can you say sector four, whatever, something 16? And then, so that way when she said, can you repeat what you just said? He has to repeat what he had just said. Yeah. Which was the first time she was like, say these words, repeat what you just said. Yeah. But that's, that's, what, that's probably... Yeah, she's trying, she has already done something or is trying to do something still that is trying to throw off regular Delos people (laughs) from whatever she was trying to do. Yeah, that's definitely true. I agree with that. Um, Something I I think tie into the last episode um, because I wasn't here, but in that episode was all about like choosing your own path and how like Musashi and Akane like decide not to follow Maeve out of Shogun World. And it's like, you got to give people sometimes like their own destiny to choose what they want. And I thought it was kind of cool that 
Dolores kind of tells that to Maeve when she's like talking to her and like I was going to shoot you but you know I'm just going to let you choose your own destiny here on what you want to do yeah it's a it's sort of a a, kind of a nice uh tie-in to what Maeve has been going through basically and learning and kind of like almost the choice is now given back to her by Dolores well clearly Lee is going to go save her here yeah he's going to save her and then there will be probably consequences to what he did is going to pop up when Lutz returns as well. Um, so. Yeah, maybe. But I think he has earned his favor back in, so it'll be fine because he's going to save her from dying. Yeah. Um, any other big questions from the episode from no. you? No. Nope. Uh, the only one I think about is, does William know about Arnold Bernard? Like, as far as... Um, oh, I think he has no idea. I think he might know about it. I think he just... Oh, no, I think he has zero idea because he was very angry with Ford in the first season. In the first season, Ford was talking to him and he wanted so desperately to talk to Arnold. And I think if he knew that Bernard was even based around Arnold, he would be obsessed with Bernard. Or do you think like maybe, oh, you're right. Yeah. I think like, like, did he know that Bernard was not necessarily real? But I think if his, if no, I think that shit's going to blow his mind. I think it's going to blow his mind. Yeah, and I think it's basically what he's been kind of pursuing in some degree with yeah. with James was to create a Bernard-like sort yeah. of creation. So, okay. I, I was like, I brought that up. I think I wrote that note down. And then now thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I think he doesn't know. <laughs> Otherwise, a lot of things would be much different. Yeah, that's, you know, um, it'll be interesting. Okay, so that wraps up uh, Les Ecorches. What's the, the name of the next episode, John? Uh, Kiksua, which means remember in a Lakota language of the Ghost Nation. Yeah, I'm very excited. We don't really need to talk about the trailer, but it looks almost like we're getting a bottle episode <laughs> in a way. Yes. Uh, some sort of side episode to see what the Ghost Nation's up to. I do think it's kind of cool that... Have you, have you noticed that the trailers for the beginning and the ends of these episodes are way different than like other HBO trailers? Also, they're way different on a weekly basis. Sometimes they feel more traditional. Than other They're suited to the episode we're watching. They're very yeah. dynamic. And so, they don't seem like different. movie trailers in some weird way. Like, yeah. They don't seem like the the normal type of but, like HBO But there were a handful thing. of times that they do feel like yeah, yeah, regular. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's weird that they were like, oh, it's a very straightforward episode next week. So here's, boom, like a normal trailer. Here's some clips. Here's like a couple of lines. But yeah, this next one, I was like, wait a second. What is there more episodes? Is this like a post-credit scene? <laughs> Cause yeah, it, it felt... kind of also fits in with like when Bernard kind of goes back in his memories and stuff. It has that yeah. kind of like kind of jumpiness to it. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited for next week's episode. Um, great. Um, so that wraps up for this. Um, again, if you enjoy, make sure you rate and like us uh, and comment on iTunes. Um, if you have any questions, make sure you can uh, hashtag WatchWorldUs. Yes, do that on on Twitter and Instagram and everything in between. Uh, Christian, where else can we find you? Uh, at Zeitheist, and I'm Christian underscore Humes on social. And I'm Johnny Be Good in LA on social, and uh, you, we'll see you all next time. And we aren't here to code the hosts. We're here to decode the guests. <laughs>